Welcome to the No Shame on You podcast, where we talk to mental health professionals, educators, and advocates. No Shame on You is a 501c3 organization dedicated to eliminating the stigma associated with mental health conditions and raising awareness. Our goal is for people who need help to seek it, for family members and friends to know how to provide proper support and to save lives. Welcome to No Shame on You's 42nd podcast. We are here with an incredible woman named Alex Muller who runs my second life podcast. Thank you for having me. I've never done this before. I've been on a video podcast. Yeah, this is amazing. Well, thank you for being here. I'm so excited to be doing a little co-host thing and but having you lead. Hello, a second life people. Hello. I'm so excited to be here and just, you know, get into it and talk about grief and talk about, you know, my journey and what matters. And I'm so excited. Tell us a little bit about you. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm Alex. I'm 22. I just graduated from college and for the past Two years I have been dedicated to serving the community and focusing on grief and grief awareness and helping people, educate people. And I just recently became an official grief educator. I just finally got my certificate to do that, which is amazing. But it all it all came from um, the losses that I've experienced in my life about close to three years ago. And then everything took off from there. I have to say that... Alex reached out to No Shame on You mm-hmm. because she heard about our organization. And the same week, our incredible intern, Jessica, had sent me your podcast. So it was a meant-to-be kind of connection. Totally. And we had a phone call. And the passion that Alex has for the work that she does was so inspiring that I said, let's get together immediately and let's let's do it. Let's talk about your work and um, your energy and your passion and how you're caring your challenging experience in life that we all have because mm-hmm. it's part of life, grief. Right. Um, but pushing it to a powerful force of good is unbelievable. So I, I just had goosebumps after talking to you, and I'm thrilled we are here with you. So thank you. Oh, my goodness. That was, like, <laughs> the nicest little introduction there. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Like, I'm I'm really, really honored that you guys took the time to hear me and listen to me. And I we connected immediately, and it's just – it's wonderful. I love what, like, I'm amazed at what you guys do and that I was able to find through mutual friends, no shame on you and that organization. It's, it's truly, it's incredible. It genuinely is. I'm so excited to, Thank you. to be, you know, collaborating with you guys. So tell us a little bit about what you went through and what got you to this moment. Yeah. I mean, so, um, what happened to me? So I, literally lived a very, when I say normal life, I am so grateful that my first 19 years of my life, I was raised by incredible parents, divorced, but there was no issue there. I still looked at it as perfect. It's all I ever knew. As with me, another connection. Yeah, yeah. You know, and um, wonderful family, wonderful friends. I thank God for my friends every day. That's a huge, huge blessing that I, that I was blessed with in my life is having amazing friends. And, um, I had never really, besides, I mean, I lost a grandparent in, um, in high school, but I, um, I wasn't really into my emotions as much and really paying attention. And and gratefully, I wasn't traumatically and drastically affected by that. Of course, regardless of a loss, it's heartbreaking, but what hit me and what changed my entire life was the unexpected loss of my dad was my best friend his name is Glenn um he was 56 years old um 57 years old actually and he was the healthiest guy in the world he was the most ripped he would want me to say the most ripped man ever he worked out so much he was the funniest guy in the world he was an incredible boss of a wonderful company he was a leader everybody that knew him loved him and he was the one person I know I'm not only speaking for myself that no one had to worry about yeah he was my my safe space like I felt anywhere with him I felt safe I felt I was untouchable nothing can hurt me nothing can hurt him I was like he could be like anything that could happen to him like he it would just bounce right off like he it like a superhero yeah almost. totally yeah totally a superhero and then on November 24th of 2020 at around four o'clock in the afternoon, he was at the gym 
and he wasn't even actively, you know, doing anything. He was just standing. He was just there and didn't, you know, do anything out of the ordinary that day and just had a heart attack, like a Widowmaker heart attack, and it just, and, and that was it, and there was nothing anyone could do, and I had no idea what was happening. I got a phone call, and it was from my dad's girlfriend, who I'm still in touch with to this day, who is literally just amazing, and she, and I kept, I was, I was driving, I was about to be home, and it was, it like strangely was nice out that day and got incredibly dark and Were you gloomy. here? I was here in Highland Park, I was okay. home. I just gotten okay. back from college for my um, super long Thanksgiving combined with winter break for COVID. Yeah. Because that was all during COVID. So I had like a two month long break, which was like a blessing if this was going to happen, if I had two months and I didn't have to miss school. But I kept getting calls from her and I was like, this is super weird, but like I'm driving. I don't really like to talk on the phone, but I was like, she's called me three times. This is not a normal thing that happens. And I picked up the phone and she was Alex, like, where, where are you? Like, what's going on? Like, I just got a call from your, your dad's friend. Like he was at the gym. He passed out. He's not waking up. No one knows what's going on. Like they took him to the, like they picked him up in an ambulance. Like I know nothing. No one's given me any other information. You're the first one I've called. I don't know what to do. And I was like, like, pick me up. Pick yes. like, we got, we got, we got to yeah. go. And, and yeah. my dad was in the car business, but he, unfortunately that day was in Indiana so we had to get in the car and drive all the way to Indiana, not knowing what was going on with my dad. Yeah. And it was the most tense experience in the car. I, I, I will never forget like the feeling on my skin of the air and the discomfort and the tension and how, um, how nervous we were, how scared we were, because we really didn't know. And I kept telling myself, like, I was getting intrusive thoughts, like, what if it's like really bad? And I was like, no, like there's no way, like stop, like it's, it's going to be fine. And I was trying to convince myself, but I couldn't help. I was so confused at how my body was feeling. It's like my body knew something, but my mind was like, snap out of this. Yeah. Like what's like, it's dad, like it's yeah. fine. Like it's, it's fine. Like this type of stuff will not and does not happen. Like death wasn't a question. It was not a question. Yeah. I was worried that they were going to say like, it's going to be a long recovery. Like your dad's in really bad shape like this is going to change things a little bit but then we were in the car it started thunderstorming lightning pouring rain we were on the highway we had 40 minutes to go until we got there to see my dad not knowing anything and she got a call and I will never ever forget it in my entire life because she immediately turned to me and started sobbing immediately just and she looked at me and she screamed oh my god he didn't make it And I was like, and I looked at her, like, we're going 90 on the highway. Like, there's, we're surround, we're locked in by cars. Like, we're trying to get there. Like, my day was, like, we just texted, like, four hours before, you know, and everything was just fine. And he was never felt anything. I mean, he never said he felt anything. He was a tough guy. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. But this was out of nowhere. And then I was immediately I discovered what survival mode was because I was in a place where I just told this and I was the most confused I had ever been being told that it was like she spoke a different language it's like I was on a different planet I had no idea and she was crying and she goes Alex I'm sorry I'm sorry immediately she was you know of course like worried about me and I was like I was what what, what are you talking about? And I start screaming, like getting angry. I'm like, what are you talking about? What is he saying? And they said he didn't make it. He had a heart attack. They weren't able to revive him. That's it. Like, you guys got to get here. You guys got to get here now. You got to get here now. And I was like trapped in this car thinking my mom doesn't know what's going on. My friends have no idea what's going on. My family, I just been told this. It was my body was doing everything it could. It was numb. It you was, were driving. No, she was driving. Okay. And I... Literally the entire time from right at that point, I held on to her for dear life. Like she was in the zone. We blacked out for the rest of the car ride, honestly. And it was, it felt like six hours in the car and it was an hour long. And it was, it was just the worst, scariest experience and, and, and getting there, waking up that morning and having everything fine. And then at 7 PM, I arrive at this 
place and I'm starting to get calls from my family and I have to call my mom and say like we were just told that dad didn't make it like I physically can't breathe and be in my own skin like I started kicking around like my body didn't know what to do but first it wasn't I was fully in survival mode because I was locked in a car and I was in this in the hospital an unfamiliar place being told this information like I was my body really saved itself while doing whatever it was doing by keeping myself entirely numb and not allowing the grief or the rage or whatever it was to go through because I just didn't know what to do because how random it was. Yeah. And it was just the, and getting there and having to tell my friends what had just happened and my mom and having her having to come. She didn't believe me. She's like, it's the wrong guy. It's the wrong guy. Like, I will not believe it until I'm there. My family's calling me, his brother, my uncle, who's like so important to me, called me saying, Alex, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm like, you cannot be apologizing. There's no way you're calling to apologize to me right now about this happening. It was just the most unreal, gutting, horrifying experience. And I suffer with the PTSD from it often. And I work through that daily on getting the flashbacks and having to go and see my dad. And see, you know, like, this being that was living and seeing his, like, tattoos and, like, who he was. Like, everything. I was handed his clothes, like, and I saw his chain he wore every day since his bar mitzvah. Like, it was the worst, most haunting, gutting, scariest, all the negative emotions in the world I felt at at that moment, at that day. And I, 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 I thought I was gonna die. I thought I was going to die. How did, how did you, I mean, you got to the hospital, and did your mom come down? Yeah, my mom. I'm just thinking. Yeah, she rushed, she was rushing down there. She had 40 minutes to drive to. I was there, his friends that were with him at the gym that day. So he, um, he had friends with him. Yeah, with him. And because they were, like, trying to help him. They were, like, what they said was they said, he froze for a minute, and then they said, hey, Glenn, like, you okay, man? Like, you good? And then he, his knees hit the floor. He said no, and then, and then he passed. And then that's what happened. He immediately, like, you know, it's, it's intense, but I, I yeah. give the raw details so that people understand truly the trauma that people may go through when experiencing a loss. It's not just a, regardless of loss, it's painful. I just lost a, gr- a grandparent as peaceful as it gets two months ago and I'm oh and I'm gonna recovering now it was my dad's dad oh my gosh but it's it's been a long journey for my family my my uncle who was the other brother he had two brothers who showed up and immediately took my hands and said like we're gonna take care of you we're gonna be okay he passed the same way following year so it's been his brother yeah so I have one remaining uncle and it was my my dad passed in 2020. My uncle Scott passed away in 2021, and my Papa Mike, my grandpa, their dad, just passed away this this end of May. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing your story. Yeah, it's it's wild, and I always there's it's a million wild. directions to go, and how everyone had to show up, and I had to talk to people, and I was so. Are you frustrated a, and you don't have siblings, correct? No, it's just okay. me. I'm an only child. Um, I'm lucky. I know my, my cousins were, were, were there for me. Um, and also my I emphasize the importance of friendship and how I'm so grateful and blessed for my friends every day because I had 15 girls waiting at my front step when I got home from the hospital that night. Wow. 15 girls standing there. It was It was the most haunting and just scariest experience dealing with that the hardest sleep I've ever tried to get did you go to sleep that night what was the first 24 hours like it was you keep getting hit with this oh my god this just happened anytime you try and calm yourself for a second and my body was so unwell and so in shock it felt like I was like beaten to pulp and I was just left there trying to like get up on my own and it's like you go there and you find out like your number one person in your life just passed away. You can go see them and then you got to leave. And it's like walking out of there and having to say bye to my dad's girlfriend who he loved, loves so much. And getting in the car with my mom, it was just the feeling of defeat 
was so deep. I remember being in the car and like holding my dad's stuff thinking like my life is over. Like I probably, once I understand what's happening, like these next few days, like I wouldn't be surprised if I died of a broken heart. Like my life is over. It was the most defeated and, and darkest I've ever felt in my entire being in my entire life. And I couldn't believe often in my grief from in my acute grief stage, which for those who don't know what the acute grief stage is, it's like right when that ha- well, right when it happens for the first few days to, to short weeks, right in the in the earliest 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 grief stage, and I was not human that that I could barely sleep, um, I could barely eat. It was so painful trying to because I needed to eat because I had been so hungry. I I hadn't eaten. It was, I got home at 10, I last ate at, ate at like 1, I was so hungry, and I remember I was trying, and, and I couldn't physically eat, and it was insane pain that I couldn't understand, that I thought of every day of the acute stage, how is it possible a human can feel this? I felt so foreign to the world, it was, it was insane, but my, my friends slept over for I had like eight girls on my floor for two weeks sleeping with me every day. My mom, everyone was together. Um, Thanksgiving, my favorite holiday, our favorite holidays of family was just two days after that. And it was really, really just, I'm sure anyone can imagine. It was just very dark and very sad, but so important, the timing, how regardless we had to get together and be with each other, we would no matter what, but being, you know, thankful for the family that we do have. And I had to think about how grateful I was for our life together in the 19 years that I had. And it was, it was emotional, but I, from that point, even though I was so ill and so like, not like, I didn't feel like I was a real living human being at that point. I was just destroyed. I just, I, I started thinking, you know, I'm thankful for what I had. And I, I started getting, you know, I would get emotional because it was so early about what was happening. I was yeah. completely wrecked and um, having a traumatic loss like that, the PTSD instantly kind of starts Yeah, because you're so in shock and everything just was replaying and in my face. But I started slowly saying, you know, like, I'm so thankful for like what we had. And that kind of started slowly planting the tiniest 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 seeds of like me kind of positive and uh, talking my way to like healing although did you immediately go seek some help or did it take some time I mean so what I did for me everyone has different belief systems everyone has different faiths and different practices and like there's no wrong way to grieve unless you're hurting yourself um but for me I I had never had an experience before I I wanted to see a medium psychic medium. I always had watched, you know, Tyler Henry and Teresa Caputo on TV. And I was always amazed by these people. And I thought it was very rare that, oh my God, they're only on TV. Like, I don't know what to do. But, um, a friend had reached out to me who recently lost a parent, um, six months prior to this and said, Hey, like, um, I'm so sorry and, you know, gave their condolences, but I want to let you know if you're open to this, I have a phone number of a medium. If you want, you can talk to her. And I did that Sunday, which was like literally just a couple of days after he passed on Tuesday. I talked to a medium on Sunday. I moved very quickly, but I was so eager. I was like, I can't live unless I know like, he must still exist. Like, yes. I demand it. Like, yes. I demand it. Or else, like, I don't know how I'm going to keep living yeah. in this world. Like, he, as long as he's somewhere else, I was still, to this day, I mean, it's, I lost my dad. It's, there's nothing sweet about that. Yeah. But um, as long as I knew that he was somewhere, yeah. then that, the amount of comfort, it saved my life. What happened? I was proved, I was proved, I was proved that he, um, is very much still around. Yeah. And, you know, in my podcast, I, I focus on, on in my story, I focus on grief awareness and the effects and yeah. every day how humans digest and experience grief and how important it is because no matter how long it's been, the side effects of different losses, it's insane what people experience, not just 
like it's daily, but like it was, in, it's an hour to hour thing. That's how I yeah. tell people when, yeah. when they experience a loss or something traumatic, like you don't, it's not taking it day by day or week by week, like you're taking it hour by hour, like minute by minute. Yeah. And it's just, it was, you know, wild, so wild in the beginning, but that opened a door for me because I, at first, everyone's scared. We're like, everyone's very scared. I, I know starting to do, you know, spiritual stuff or going to see a medium. It's yeah. very scary because it's like, if what this if, doesn't, if, you don't if, 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 if this, yeah. if this doesn't work out, like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen to me. Like yeah. this has to work out. Like yeah. this needs to go well. Uh, they need to be able to connect. They need to prove it. I have, because of this situation and what's happened with my family and everything, I'm as positive as it gets. I love life. I've grown. I've healed not fully. I, you know, I'm in the healing process, but yeah. I have the biggest trust issues in the world. I don't trust anything because of the trauma that I experienced, how sudden and out of left field it was. Like right. I, You felt so secure. You felt so protected and, and on your path. And bubble popped, completely demolished. I felt like the most like vulnerable person in the world. Like I felt just like a target. Like yeah. it was really just so sad and so scary there's so many you know words I literally go in so many different directions talking about this but you felt and you felt that did you get that connection with the yes, yes yes with the medium okay it happened I was blown away it was she off the bat was like okay because I just told her I lost my dad this is my name I'm gonna I, I would like to come and see like talk to you she said of course like absolutely that's all she had she didn't even know like my last name like nothing and she immediately was like, okay, like, you, of course you told me you, you lost your dad. It looked like he was kind of like 50s, middle age. He said it was like total freak accident. He goes, I dropped dead. I dropped dead. Like, it just, I don't know what happened. My heart, it was my heart. Like, I don't know what happened. Um, but I'm okay. I'm okay. She's like, he was, looks like a businessman, total leader, funny guy. He's laughing he's swearing right now like yeah like that yes he literally was the loudest person ever who was cracking jokes swearing like 24 7 and um she was like she we went into such a you know like deep emotional things and she didn't get too too intensely intensely deep because early on in mediums what tends to happen 99 percent of the like maybe even 100 percent of the time is when the person comes through and you're trying to adjust it's about their death and what happened so you understand. They're kind of answering your questions and explaining from their end. Like, I'm good, but, like, I can't believe that this happened to me. Shocking and, you to know, know, like, yeah. any type of loss, like, they will give you information and they will reflect on that. They have their personalities. They're the same over there. Like, it's wherever they are, a universe away, how, how I like to say it. But um, we connected, and he still... Um, gave me crap for leaving chip bags unrolled because I do that all the time. He was like, close the chip bags. Like, I know I'm not there, but you got to close them. And that immediately, he called me a knucklehead. I, that's been my funny name my entire life. So I was like, okay, like he's somewhere else. Like, thank God my grandma came through also. And that was my first time being able to connect with her spiritually like that. And then from that point, I like to say it and I'm grateful for it, but spirituality and the magic of the universe it's I chose to go to the medium but I feel like that world and belief system chose me because I've grown up my mom is Serbian Catholic and my my dad was Jewish from like from Lake Forest and Blanco area like so it was different worlds collided but I grew up in, in healthy separate relationships, but experiencing both sides. But mm-hmm. the way that I, my experience with death is, is following the Jewish tradition and culture. Like that's how I did it. And I find such beauty in the way that they do things and how everything is so um, soon after, because yeah. I always, regardless of the many losses I've experienced is right when the funeral happens, it, it, it really like gives you a little release. It, it kind of gets you going a little bit, like two, at least five percent push into healing. Closure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. closure, and I love honoring my loved ones. So being able to, you know, talk and, and do that was was a big deal for me. But spirituality kicked my front door down and grabbed me and latched onto me and said, "I'm not going anywhere. Like this is your life." And 
I would be sitting with my friends. My lights would flicker. They would go out anytime I would talk about my dad and say, I love him. I miss him. Um, I, I will never forget my first experience was the, the first night. I went straight back to the house that me and my dad lived in, which was mainly at that time I lived with him. Because it was, it was during during COVID, um, I just, I I was there more. Just how it yeah. worked, how it worked yeah. for us. Yeah. And my mom would come over. She, I would be with her every day. We would be very, very even and very good. But okay. I was there at the time. And I didn't want to sleep there at the beginning. I went there directly after he passed. And, for, and I stayed there every day for, like, a few days until I felt, okay, I want to sleep here. And then my friend slept with me. But um, I... The second night that I was there, I was like, okay, I just, my dad was the one person on the in, on the planet that liked Dasani water over other waters because the bottles were secure. He was a tough guy. He couldn't do a flimsy bottle, so we always had only Dasani in the house. So I said, okay, I'm going to leave him a Dasani bottle on the table and just a picture of us. I feel for some weird reason I had a feeling inside of me, like, I feel like he's going to be in the house tonight. I was like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what this is. I've never felt anything. It's like this was I've never been like this in my entire life just when something like this happens to you it opens portals it opens doors like you go where you're supposed to go and for some reason that's what I just got these crazy feelings and I left that I left it sealed I know that I did I took a picture of it I was the last one in my house with my friend Carly we left we locked the door no one returned until I did the following morning and when I walked in the cap was off the bottle sitting directly next to it. And I looked at it and immediately filled with the strongest level of chills that I ever have in my entire life. And I called everybody I knew. I go, did you come to my house and open this water bottle? No, no, I didn't come to the house. My mom, I said, mom, you need to swear on dad right now that you did not come to the house. She goes, I did not come to the house. I was with you all night. What are you talking about? I called my friends, my dad's girlfriend, my family members, security. Nobody was there. And literally, I know, I know, I know. That's amazing. I know. And that was the start of the the life I, I live in, the way I connect now. I I just, I can't explain it. If I was younger and you told me this, I'd be like, I don't understand how this works. I get why it's so confusing and difficult for people, but things were forcing itself. My dad, I mean, had the biggest energy and it made sense why these crazy things were happening. And it started happening to my dad's girlfriend, to my mom. Songs, his favorite songs would randomly start playing in the car. Lights would go out that have never gone out before. We would change the bulbs. It would happen. Like, I would see deer and cardinals would show up in their path. And I and I literally would, the first time we went out to eat with each other to my dad's, one of my dad's favorite places was California Pizza Kitchen. Good choice. <laughs> we went to the same one that we always go to, familiar with the staff, familiar with the names. We know what's going on there. The first time we went out to eat, a young man came over and served us. Never seen him before. Never saw him there again. His name was Glenn with two N's. And we were like, and we started crying. And he was like, what did I do? What did I do? I was like, no, 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 no. Like, I don't know how to tell you this. My dad's name was Glenn. He just passed away. Like, he's, and like, this guy just, like, that's not a common name for as young of a man. I mean, no, hate's a great name. Like, like, that's not a common name for a young man to randomly have... We were familiar with the place. He had never been there before until that day. Every time we go there, there's a Glenn name somewhere. We walked out a couple months after talking about my dad in the one car parked next to us in the lot, like the litter, in the area of the lot, the license plate said Glenn with two ends, just that. Like, it's the crazy things like that where it's like, what on story. earth is going Can on? Can I share the please, story with please, you? Please, please share. I, believe this. I live for this. I do, I do believe this to the core of my being. I believe, yeah. first off, nothing, it took time, yeah. but like when you boil water, it doesn't disappear, right? right? It's It just changes, right? So I kind of look at that lens. Yeah. And I'm going to tell, I have two crazy stories, but I'll tell you the second one because it's yeah. similar to yours. Yeah. My mother in law passed away mm. pretty young a couple I'm sorry years about ago. That. And um, when she was passing, 
it wasn't sudden. She had an illness. She had okay. cancer. And as the, in the days before she left, um, I said to her, if you can, if you can send us a sign. If you can't, it's okay. Right, right. No pressure. Right. Right, no pressure. But if you can, send us a sign. And she, she promised she would try, mm. right? She passed away in December. And on Mother's Day, I took my husband, Mitch, and my father-in-law, her his his um husband her husband mm-hmm. out for brunch, mm-hmm. and we were crying at the breakfast, and we were talking about her and making right. toast. I'm a toaster. We were making toast to Marilyn, of course. And we walk out to the car mm-hmm. or at the breakfast. I said, I want a sign. Maybe today's the day we're gonna get a sign. Marilyn, send us a sign that you're okay. We go out to our car, and there's two Honda Pilots there. One is ours. And one is someone else's. Mm-hmm. And I see on the bumper a tiny little sock. A tiny little sock. It just caught my eye laying there. It had rained the mm-hmm. night before. It was soaking wet. Right. I looked up at it. The sock embroidered in the kid's sock. It said, Marilyn. Get out. First off, what little kid is named Marilyn? No. <laughs> and it was on Mother's Day. And I, it was like this That's moment. That's what I'm talking about. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> I mean, unbelievable. So I do, I, I fully, I fully, I do, I fully believe. I'm not a religious person, but I'm a spiritual person. And I am 100% on the same page that it's just a different universe. Totally. Yeah, but they're there and we're together. Oh, yeah. And oh, I was yeah. so grateful for that sign. That is and seriously un unbelievable i am so grateful that you and your family had that i'm grateful you had it it's 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 absolutely it's mind-blowing i've transformed daily now it's through these past few years to constantly const i'm so grateful because i would talk to my dad in my head and say i know you hear me i would talk to him i'd be validated because every six months i would i go to my mediums our connection grows we're at the point now where he's giving me advice on what I'm doing, what I'm going to do, where I'm going to be going, what boy I should stop talking to. He calls them out. I'm dead serious. I like him. And he is so awesome. Ser- and, like, he is seriously so incredible still. And my family as well. I, I've had experiences where I smell his cologne when I'm by myself. And deer was a big thing. That's... I've done a lot of research. Deer is actually known. Any sign can be from anyone, anything, but it's kind of a very old and known thing that deer associates with um, loss of a father figure. And I see deer everywhere, everywhere. And it's just the way that things happen. It's seriously like a gift. It, it, it's, it's incredible. And I've also had experiences with dreams. And that's something my mom is very good with. And I've had experiences where a week after I said I was talking to my friends, I was, you know, and I, because how this whole thing started, I would just sit, I would talk about what I'm feeling it, to the deepest core and like the rawest of emotion. I would sit there and they, they would just listen to me. And the best way I always say, this is seriously a huge lesson. I want to stop and say, okay, regardless if people are familiar with grief, with loss, if they're not, if they don't know what to do, the best way you can support a grieving friend is to just sit there and listen say do you want to tell me about them do you want to tell me what happened not what happened do you want to share this with me would you like to tell me a funny story hey remember this would you also tell me that story again little things like that the grieving person will say and give as much as they want to and if you give them just a little bit of room just to have the floor and that comfortable light question that light space yeah you will be amazed at what they reveal to you. And that's how my friends did it. It's amazing. And that's you what I've great, learned. And a my great squad, as they say. Yeah, as you say, great right? squad. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. I learned that also. That's a big thing in my grief educator program is that's a big thing when you don't know what to do is literally you just got to listen regardless of the loss. Cause well, everybody's different. And everyone has different, different touch points and ways of grieving, right? And, exactly. Um, we say the same thing at No Shame on You. It's okay to ask. Right. You know, it's okay to ask, how can I help you right now? Exactly. Is what, what I'm need, doing you need, working? You Am need I helping you, you enough? Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's, that's, it's so, so important to do that. And that's, I would do that. I would give, you know, the Ross of, you know, 
feelings and, and emotions and I was crying one day and I said, oh my God, all I want. And I felt it in my soul when I said it. I said, all I want, like if I could wish for anything is just to hug my dad one more time. Because his hugs were everything and I'm so grateful the last day I saw him. He he was so happy that day and hugged me a bunch. Like literally it was crazy how it works. Everyone, thinking back to that, everyone had amazing final experiences with him in person. Even my mom. She was like, he wouldn't get off the phone. He always gets me off the phone. He doesn't want to talk to me. Like, he didn't want to get off the phone. But I said, and he hugged me, and I, I always remember the touch of that. And I said, all I want is one more hug from my dad. I, I could wish for anything. And that night in my dream, I was by myself sitting on my couch, and it was so vivid. You know when they're coming to see you. Because the way you feel in the morning is you can't explain it. And he walked into the door wearing the same outfit he wore the last day I saw him, smiling huge, didn't say anything. And he just walked over, gave me a massive, massive bear hug. And then he said, okay, I got to go. And then he left and then I woke up. Oh my gosh. And that's the things that happen every couple months where I like beg him to come to my dream. Like I'm freaking out. I missed car rides with you. Will you just, can we like... Get us in the car. And then a couple weeks ago, I I asked that. We, we were in the car, and that was my favorite place with him because he plays his old, like, 70s rock, classic rock, and 80s music, which is why I love that music now. And it was just the safest space, and he put us back there. He has the power to do that. It's like they are so amazing, and the experiences that I have are just wild. I can't list them all. I get, oh, I'm literally, my brain right now is like, what do I say? What do I talk about? Because it's all so good, and I feel him, and I talk to him, and he hears me. He validates it directly. Like, you you are, I just so appreciate your openness and, and sharing your story, because I, I think it's so real, and it's raw, and you're helping people. And, and I, 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 I want to hear about how you, when did you start the podcast? Yeah. Like when, when did the, that idea come in your yes. head? And we share that experience a little bit. Of course, yeah. So um, it was about, it was the summer, yeah, about seven months after my dad passed. I I got myself back to school that semester. It was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. It was ultimate grief, you know, stage. It was hard, but my friend's absolutely saved my life and kept me afloat and kept me going and I'm so grateful for them and um when I got back home it was summertime and I was I really always like to say you know summer is such a nice time to heal and and focus on yourself and that's what I was doing and I kept doing this thing where I sit and my friends will gather and I will just share what I'm feeling to like the rawest deepest of emotions I'll get into everything and eventually they were like crying too and they were just like we're so of course like they felt so terrible but they were like for some reason like you're helping me understand feelings I had when my so-and-so died yeah and you're helping me understand why I feel this sometimes or oh my gosh I I felt that too yeah and they were just like kind of learning we were kind of learning and growing together because I mean we were grieving together they all knew my dad very well this was very sudden very scary for everybody um our whole community was like super shook by this and surprised but they would sit and they would listen to me and I would just talk and talk and talk and they loved they like were like we don't love what we're hearing but in a weird way how you're saying it like this sucks and you're helping us. They're like, this is ama- somehow amazing. They're like, we don't know how to explain it. Like, we love this in a weird, weird, weird way. Like, the way that you speak of it, it's like, it's it's incredible. It's healing. And then I was like, this is the only way how I find healing is literally by sitting and just sharing my feelings. I've always been vocal and aware of how I'm feeling. Now it's since that passing, I'm the most aware of everything that's happening inside of me because I felt all the emotions at once and I had to try and navigate them and put them away and understand them. But that's what I would do. And I said, I podcasting wasn't really a thing. There was like two big podcasts out there. Like Joe Rogan had it and then Alex Cooper had it and nobody was really podcasting at the time. So I am excited. I'm really proud of myself that I started the podcast very early on and then it became huge. I was like, I was on, I was on a good, I was on a good vibe right there. But, um, I, I was like, I kind of want to like 
start like a podcast. Like I want to get my feelings out there. I want to talk about like the intrusive thoughts I feel, how I've been helping myself, how I literally thought I was going to die, but now I'm excited for the rest of my life. Like how does I was that like, happen? yeah, I was like, but I, I was like, I did this. Like getting help is key for people and therapy is life saving. But for me, I, I just, I didn't find myself on the therapist path at that point. Yeah. Soon, I'm, I'm actually very open to, I think I'm going to explore that once I, I move, and I'm open to talking about that too, but I'm open to yeah. those things, but at first, that yeah. wasn't my thing. I had my therapy, which was talking to my friends, and just being heard was enough for me. I didn't need anyone to tell me, you know, it's going to be okay and whatever, because nothing really could have helped me besides me just being there in that moment, and that just makes sense. healing each day by just sleeping and eating and, and doing normal things and knowing my dad's around me. So I kept doing that, and I was like, I opened up GarageBand. I literally got a beat-up, tiny little, uh, like, attachable microphone to my computer from my friend Hannah's garage. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you, Hannah. (laughs) And I sat, and I recorded the entire story, what I just told you in more depth about how I learned, how my dad passed away and how I learned of that and how everything happened. And I made a little, I had a little cover, I had, it was just, like, wasn't even edited, the sound was nothing, like, I just, I just spewed my story, I didn't even listen to it back, I just, I was sobbing, I was a mess, I was everywhere, I just recorded my piece, I said my story, and I released it, I posted on Instagram, I released it, and then literally within 24 hours, I had 2,000 people listening, and I, and my phone was, it was, I I could barely use it, the amount of of feedback I was getting, and people were like, people I didn't even know were, hey, I was just sent this, I'm so sorry, but I felt this too, I've never heard this before, and it hit people a certain way, and I just continued by how I felt with how PTSD was kind of treating me the past, you know, early months of, of grieving, and how um, I learned about intrusive thoughts, but how spirituality showed up in my life and how I've been following this and how crazy things have been happening and how I know that my dad is around me. I just can't see him physically. He's doing other things. Yeah. And I know that, but he's with me and it's and taking care of me. And since then, literally, it's, I've been pushed from you know, I've been saved from certain situations, like things will pop up in my way and I can't go somewhere. And they're like, Oh my God, you didn't even hear like this and this happened. Like it would have been a disaster. And I'm like, how did like things started not making sense, but making sense. Yes. Very, very like out of this world confusing. I get blown away all the time by him. And I tell him all the time, I'm like, I don't know what, you're up to, I don't know how you're doing this. Thank you. But you're, I'm freaking out. Like I'm going to go, but thank you. Like I like the comment. I was like, this is amazing. And, um, it's truly incredible. And I kept doing that. I kept sharing my experiences and and just learning like the rawest and rawest and deepest of emotions. And it was hitting people a certain way. And hundreds of people kept returning for more and more and more. And people I didn't even know were finding this. And they were like, you explained, I, I don't feel so alone anymore. I feel those same intrusive thoughts. I thought I was crazy. I know that I'm not now because you just talked about it the same way, how I experienced it. And I was like, yeah, and 20 other people just said the same thing you did. Like, we are so connected, but no one's talking about this. And I still at that time, no matter how far I was getting, I still, even to this day, when I when I cry you know, I get my breakdowns very rarely, but when, when they come, I find myself sometimes crying for myself in that early stage because of how terrible I felt for me, little me, like only child alone, like yeah. in my dad's like home, you know, missing him and experiencing this. I cry for myself often because I'm just like, Alex, like yeah. I, I wish I could hug myself then, but I can't believe I made it to now, but is there any advice you would give your younger self or what could, I mean, what could it be? I pat myself on the back literally every single day. I, I, I genuinely, like I truly cannot believe how I got here. My, 
myself. It's like I don't know. I, I, I truly, like, I don't know what I did. I, I guess I would say it's like, I mean, I did take it easy on myself. I'm proud of myself that I knew right away that no one can walk all over me right now. Myself and my well-being is the most important and my family. Like, family and friends is what matters right now. Other things don't matter. You know, being there with each other, being connected with people, seeing people, loving people. It was hard. I mean, it was during COVID. It was really hard to be with people. We couldn't even have a proper funeral, which guts me every day. But it's, I got the love I need, and I was luckily able to host a huge, huge celebration of life event for my dad that summer and everyone who would have attended the funeral and we all were able to connect and it was definitely much happier than it than it would have been and we all dressed in white so maybe it was meant to be too exactly it all it all happens for a reason and it's just i just it's literally just take it easy like voice what's going on a lot of people i feel bad because people have come to me and they're like oh like I have all these projects with school, but, like, I'm grieving, like, so-and-so, like, just passed away. I don't know what to do. I'm just, like, speak as hard as hard as it is. Even ask someone for help if you can't, but speak up. Say, this just happened to me. I'm not well right now. Human to human. I'm not well right now. Please give me time to do what I need to do, and then I will get this in please give me space. And I was, I did that. And I'm so grateful I did because I was so lucky to have received the care and the patience and the love that I did. I'm so grateful. Like I would always, whatever space I'm in, or at least earlier on, I I strangely made sure everyone's different, but I like to know that people around me knew what had just happened to me. So I could feel safe and that no one could, hurt me and that people knew to be patient and careful with my feelings Yeah, because my first few times going out in public after and I looked around and I saw everyone was happy and like laughing and people I didn't know just public restaurant yeah. I was yeah. just like I was like right. I'm so in pain right now and yeah. like so so in pain and everyone's kind of doing their thing and everyone has I who knows what other people could have been going through that day too in that restaurant but I felt so alone and just like an outcast. I was like, I feel too out of body. It yeah, I was like, like, I just don't feel safe here. I feel mm-hmm. like anyone could come up to me and hey, how you doing? Like, what's mm-hmm. going on? I haven't seen you in a while. But luckily for me, why I did this and made such a strong, you know, I would, I was very open and po- and I would post on my social media and I would let people know, you know, this is happening to me, so that I felt kind of protected in a way so that like hey as long as they know like no one will say anything insensitive to me no one's gonna hurt my feelings no one's gonna do too much like I needed people to be careful with me yeah and that's why I kind of did what I did yeah so I was I could let everyone know like as far as I could get like that like this is what's going on like I need I need people to care for me (laughs) I think that's awesome I think that's awesome and I think it's an important lesson yeah and one of the things that you mentioned earlier, I just want to get your take on, yeah. um, is that no one talks about it, yeah. right? And what is your perspective? You know, mental health issues right. always have had shame and stigma. Totally. Um, we're getting better, thank yes. goodness. Yes, we're, we're we on are. a good path. Yeah. Um, but in your lens of your life experience, what do you think about stigma and grief? Yeah, I mean, I've... I've seen it and how other people I know responded to me and how they respond to others and how even in casual conversations, I, and I even noticed in everything around me, strangely, I would see people watching a super sad video about how someone someone passed away online or in a movie and they go, oh, thank God it's not us. Oh my God, I can't watch it. Like, I, I, I can't watch this. I, I'm too sad. I need to go. And it's like, that's, that's someone's life. Like that actually happened and you're just discarding it because you, yeah, it's sad and you got uncomfortable. Imagine like what they're experiencing. It's people 
run because it's it's grief. It's literally losing a loved one is literally one of the most painful things that can happen to a human being. It it, liter- it literally is. I would have gone through anything to have my dad here today and to keep my family members safe and protected. Anyone would, you know. We even see in shows and movies people say, you know, take me, not them, because it's like that's so the, just the most painful thing in the world. And I would see how people would run because they would be like, oh, my God, it's they even an experience where people even have died by suicide and people are so foreign to, to a loss like that. And they would say, oh, I, I don't know what to say. Like, this, that's, like, it's, it's too sad. Like, I can't, I can't talk about it. I, like, I can't. Or people feel that their loss is so foreign and taboo that they can't talk about it because people are going to get scared. It's just, like, we need to voice this. People need to listen to people and just allow them to express this feeling and don't make people feel excluded or or weird because of what happened to them. It's not their fault. It's it's never no, no one's fault. You know, it's so it's just people need to be a little bit more open and compassionate when they are presented regardless of your experience even if it's so taboo to you and so sad and scary and uncomfortable. I understand people that have had the same experiences can get activated when they see a similar experience, mm-hmm. but just treat people with the most respect that you can and just allow people to understand that you know what's going on and don't discard things, you know, because people do that. They say it's too sad. I, I run. That's how I've seen it in social media, watching TV, movies, seeing someone who you're not very close with for the first time after you know that they've just experienced a loss. You don't want to address it. You think that they're not thinking about it. You don't want to remind them. You want to have fun. They're thinking about it. They're, they could be laughing and enjoying and eating and drinking, whatever it is. They've thought about it tonight. You are not reminding them that this exists. They are likely upset that you are pretending that this hasn't happened to them. And I experienced that a lot. So I that's just my, my it's, experience. It's, it's is just, that people run. And yeah. it's just like... It is interesting because it's a human there it's 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 so complicated right. because it is a human everyone is born mm-hmm. and everybody dies. Yeah. And we all go through it at some point in our lives if we're human beings. That's right. And have relationships, you know. Absolutely. So I think that your message is important to remember. Thank you. And I, I appreciate you guys that as advice. well. I mean, no shame on you as well for like for the message that you guys give. It's it's so important that we that we do this. You're pretty incredible. Thank you. What's next for you? You're a grief counselor. First, let me ask about that. Yeah. What yeah. was that experience like for you? And and what what do you see with that in your future? Yeah, I mean, I love what I'm doing right grief now. Grief educator. Yeah, grief yes. educator. Yes. yes, I love love what I've been doing. It's for the past you know year and a half, almost two years. It's been literally just podcasting and getting my feelings out there and relating to others and having those conversations. And I noticed how I'm grateful and proud of myself that I was this open and that's just the route I took. And that's who I am is being open with this experience to help others because other people, whether I knew them or not came to me, Hey, so I just lost my mom. I just lost my dad. I just lost my cousin. I don't know what to do. Can I talk to you? And then I'm there for them. And then it, and it helps them and it helps me. So I was like, I am kind of developing this kind of grief on my own, this grief educator kind of image thing. And I, and I love this. So I looked and I was like, I really want to get some kind of credentials. I need to learn more. I want, I've been so focused on, the idea of grief awareness and educating people on, you know, my experience with spirituality and how amazing that is. But also I, um, I wanted to just learn more on other losses and I would focus on trauma as well, but there's so much more to learn and I want to be able to help others more. Even when I'm not familiar with that kind of loss, I want to make sure am I saying the right thing? Cause we all experience loss, but each loss is different. And it brings different experiences, 
different emotions, different healing. It's a different experience for, you know, the variety of losses. But I said, I want to learn more and I want to do more. I want to keep helping people. I want to do it better. So I recently, I spent the past, I, I just got it literally a month ago. I spent the previous um, five months working. I was, I was taking my grief educator course learning as much as I possibly could just on how to properly and most respectively address losses, different kinds, and how to help others and how, I mean, I, I mean, I'm not a licensed therapist. I can't it's different sit educator. and pinpoint, yeah. oh, I think you're feeling this because yeah. of this. Let's break this down. It's, I can hear everything that you have to say and want to say. And I can have that information. You can tell me that. And I can be there for you. And I can let you know, hey, there's a name for this weird thing that you've, that you've been talking about. That's actually, you know, you're overwhelmed with all these losses. That's it's cumulative grief, actually, if you're experiencing multiple losses at once. Let's try and my advice for you is do your best to separate everything. It's I can't get so, so deep, deeply in there because that's not what I'm license to do yeah yeah. but I just wanted to know how to properly you know address the names of of different losses and it's it's so complex grief and 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 death and everything and what people experience every day it's all so complex and I learned so much on just the variety of losses and how different people grieve and how parents may respond to child and the, and how different that is it was so important and so beneficial it, it was it was such an amazing experience I'm so excited to be you know continuing that on my show and and keeping that going and educating more and are you going to yeah. use it for your show or yeah. are you going to use it for, to meet with people yeah how does that work yeah so I'm going to be using that in my show very very soon okay. I'm going to be starting my grief educator a new series which Ooh. I'm really excited about okay and of course, tying in the same things that I typically do, but focusing on other ones to help more people feel included as well. And then I also very, very soon, even, I mean, now I'm able to do it, but I will have my professional profile done very soon on how um, I am going to be offering one-on-one virtual um, services for people and meetings and how they can, you know, make an appointment, log on with me, and we can talk about their experience in their journey and I can maybe spell a couple things out for them and let them know that it regardless it's going to be okay and you're you're very much very much not alone that's that's the plan and you're I just not keep stopping. going and talking you're not stopping no no I was grateful <laughs> enough to even speak at I went to I just graduated from Indiana University and so did I yeah a <laughs> and couple years <laughs> apart a couple right. years apart just a few we um I was able to, I was invited to speak as a guest speaker to open up and begin the trauma unit and talk about grief awareness as well for IU's death and dying course this past spring. And I was invited back for the next two semesters and so on. So I'm going to keep doing that and helping people know like this is, it's not just like death isn't just looking at a sad post online funeral two-week grieving period and people get back to it and then we act like it never happened and that's the best way to go about it it's like no there's a million ways to go about it but what people are genuinely experiencing like they need the love and support from the community the most it's that's not what it is it changes your life it alters your your entire system for me it literally my I am not the same person that I was before my dad passed away. I say that a part of me died the day that my dad died. I visualize and I would I did this even when he passed away and because I would be aware and try and look into my feelings as much as I could. I would I would feel and I would look and you know visualize my heart and I would picture a dark blackened dead part of my heart. And then through my healing journey, I now picture this new addition to my heart that is shining a bright white gold 
beaming light that is full of this energy and just like a power because of how I have done with this process. And I str- I, I do struggle every day. It's not like, oh, I've got it together because yeah. we're talking about yeah. it all positive. Yeah. But it's, you know, death isn't basically what I'm trying to say is death really isn't just the short, you know, two-week short period of death, funeral, and, yeah. and, and Instagram posts. It's yeah. like a part of me died that day, and I own that. And it's it's there, and I understand that, and I've you know I've digested that, but there is a part of me that's grown an entire new part of myself, and, and, my that, heart and that's and my the mind. name of the podcast. Yeah, really. it's a second life. I feel like yeah. genuinely, I feel like I'm living a second life, hundred percent. Well, I am so grateful that we have connected. And here's the most important question: Where can people find you if they want to learn more about your work? Yeah, and your podcast. Yeah, of absolutely. I mean, uh, social media. I'm on TikTok and Instagram at a Second Life Pod, and my podcast, A Second Life, is available on Spotify, Apple Podcast. Video version is all on Spotify as well, but. Google Podcasts, Amazon, you name it. I promise I'm there. YouTube is taking a second. Bear with me. It's coming. But you should be able to find me and connect with me. And I have one question for you. Yes. Because I know that I'm going to be releasing the video version of this. And I know that I have some supporters that will tune in to see if they, of course, want to learn anything because this is so exciting i mean i've been telling people all week like this amazing organization i'm literally going to be talking to them on the podcast like they are so awesome and i just want to know like just you know it's definitely you guys definitely do so much work but you're i just want to know no shame on you's kind of experience and kind of mission and, and take i guess on grief and your guys's take on grief and the stigma behind it and how because mental health is so important kind of just information on even services anything that you want to let people know regarding grief in the mental health area of your organization I want to hear about that what you guys what you guys do well no shame on you was created in 2014 by our incredible founder Miriam Ament who experienced a series of hospitalizations in her 30s and at the time, she's now in her 50s, but in, her, in that time, her friends and family really struggled with how to help her. Mm-hmm. And she always had a, in the back of her mind, I'm going to do something. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, um, I want to make a difference one day. Right. And in 2014, she started the fellowship. Mm-hmm. I mean, she started the, the nonprofit, right. No Shame on You, and I was in a fellowship with her. And I fell in love with her immediately. Yeah. I was working on a different project. And she, like you... You both have this term in my head, are holy people, you know, really passionate forces of good. And I always supported her, and I would always come to events and those different things. And in my own life, Mm -hmm. I ended up reconnecting with Miriam. Even though we stayed in touch through work, different things, I had my own family crisis where during COVID, my daughter um, had a mental health crisis. Mm -hmm. And I felt very alone at the time. So I reached out to Miriam after we got through that, and I said, listen, I want to be a mentor. If another mom or dad or aunt or uncle or any human mm-hmm. comes to you and they said, We're, you know, our, our kid is, is struggling, they're in the hospital, whatever it is, and they want to talk to another relatively level-headed human being, right? I want to be there um, for them. And now I work for No Shame on You. So out of something really crappy right. and awful – something good has happened. And No Shame on You achieves our mission through tons of resources, mm-hmm. resources on how you can support a family member or friend who is struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, resources, we just launched a guide on for parents and caregivers whose kids are in crisis, mm-hmm. but really it could be for anyone. So yeah. if anybody in the world is, has a friend or family member or a child or a cousin who's struggling, mm-hmm. And you want to know what's going on, like where, what programs are available and all those things, yeah. we have that piece. Um, we have our own podcast. Yeah. You know? And our, the, the goal of the podcast is just to amplify other mental health advocates and people with their own lived experiences um, know that they're not alone. So that's right. a similar, we are bonded in that mission. You're not alone. 100%. And there's people out there who care and have had maybe not the same experience. Because right. every human's DNA is different. Absolutely. It's complex. Human life is complex, just like death is complex. That's right. Um, 
but there are tons of different ways that people get through it. One of the things I love that you said was, you know what, therapy wasn't for me at that moment. Maybe it will be later. Right. And mental health challenges are the same. It's complex. Or, or else there'd be a guidebook that says, go to that therapist, you know, and take Do care this. of this. Exactly. 100%. Um, so that really is the mission and goal of No Shame on You. Um, resources, education. We do tons of workshops. Um, we customize educational workshops for schools and organizations and other nonprofits. Um, and the goal is that people, our ultimate goal is to end stigma wow. and to save lives. Right. That's it. Right. It's all about planting seeds. Exactly. And just like you, it's all about, I, I think we have that vibe in common right. where it's all about planting seeds. Right. You know, because you don't know what will blossom, what person is going to hear this. And then refer a friend or whatever it may be. Or someone might speak to someone a little bit differently because of the advice that you gave. Right. And it's just opening perspective and ultimately saving lives. And that's no shame on you. And you can find us, you know, we're on on the web. No shame on you, the letter you, not Y-O-U. Yeah. Dot org. Yeah, that's so amazing. And this was such an incredible experience. And grief is all part of that. Yeah. That is part of mental health. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a a human experience loss. Um, so it's incorporated into everything that we do, I, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. That's amazing. All the different resources and services yeah. that you offer people and you can direct them and give them advice on what to do. You just, it's yeah. a, it's seriously, it's so amazing how you guys have so much for people and how, and you understand that there's so many, everyone has a different experience and there's so many different things going on, but you guys do your best to help people the most you can and give the most resources and the most assistance and it's seriously such such an incredible organization that's why I'm so excited to be talking to you and doing this and I'm grateful that you know you took um a a time to you know focus and and let you know grief have a voice you know here right now and you guys focus on all the different kinds but I'm, I'm so grateful to be here as a voice for that um while we while we target that today and it was I really genuinely hope that I was able to, you know, help someone out or relate to anyone new that is listening to me and and if those who are familiar with me, I am so excited to, you know, introduce you guys. It's it's this has been so great. It's mutually beneficial and um, I think it was meant to be. It absolutely. So thank you. Absolutely. I really want to give you a hug. It's a video, yeah. so can I do that? Yes, you can. <laughs> thank you so much. Oh my goodness, you're the best.